Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. But this series about walking in wisdom has been really good for me. And uh, it's funny because part of the attack in the night hours has been like this week on, I think it was Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, I woke up to the worst cramp in my, in the calf of my left leg that I've ever had. I mean, I woke up screaming and it was so, so painful. It felt like somebody took a ball peen hammer and went wham against my leg and it like didn't stop. And, and in it, I don't know whether I pulled a muscle or what, but now I'm walking with a limp, you know, and I'm teaching on walking in wisdom. <laughs> See that you walk circumspectly and what gets attacked? My leg, you know, and oh, you're making, I don't want to make too much of that or too little of that, but man, it's just like the, the indication of it is like too real for me right now. It's one of those where, uh, you know, that tree's like right there. I can't, it's making me see it. So continue to pray. You're probably going through it too. So I, I know this pattern also. Whenever a leader is going through something, that means people in the body are going through something. Been around long enough and walked these roads long enough to understand that. So know this, I will be praying for you also. And me having a leg cramp doesn't compare to some of the things that you're going through. But it's my owie. And so I'm letting you know about it. And I want to be transparent with that. Everybody take a breath. Now pray with me. We trust you, God, in all things. We trust you with health. We trust you with money. We trust you with politics. We trust you with our lives. We trust you, God. We go back to the ancient paths. We go way, way back, way, way back when you touched our lives. And we remember, you didn't leave us alone then. You're not going to leave us alone now. We remember, God. We set up and we, we... In the spirit, we retouch the ancient landmarks of our life, the turning points, those places where you showed up where nobody else could. We touch that again and say, we trust you, God. With the bigger picture and the things that are going on in COVID-19, God, you are our hiding place. You sing songs of deliverance. You give them to us. Lord, you heal a land. We've read the stories. We've heard the stories. Heal our land, God. In that, heal our hearts. Take care of us. All fear be gone. We reject fear in the name of Jesus. We receive the the right spirit, a sound mind, right thinking, Authority, love. We receive you. And we pray a blessing on this nation. It's still yours. Of that we have no doubt. In Jesus' name. Amen. Want to go back? 
to this passage of scripture that we looked at last week. I spoke about redeeming time. And uh, man, if you didn't get a chance, go back and grab that one. Uh, had a lot of feedback on it. Um, but I, I want you to see something in how we go about, you know, how do we really, how do we buy back time? How do we redeem the time? And it means all the stuff that we said last week about it. I don't want to regurgitate it for the sake of time this time. But listen, you can't go through the process of redeeming time without two firm foundations. So I want to talk to you about two firm foundations this morning. And it's this. The first one is your sure identity in Christ. And then the second one that goes with it, your authority that comes from that identity. That's all found in this passage of Scripture. And I want, I want to tease this out this morning. Go back through the weeks, especially with these days and these trying times, these scriptures that I'm putting up, go back and reread them yourselves. And just before you read it, say, Lord, enlighten my understanding on this. And just pray. You'll be amazed. At what, and there's no age barrier. You can get stuff that I won't get. There's no age barrier in this. There's no time barrier. There's no circumstantial barrier. You just pray. Say, Lord, show me what you want me to see in this and see what happens in your heart. So read this with me. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Looks like I got part of that cut off. I'm sorry. I went beyond what you have, huh? Well, I didn't get the second part of it up. So just listen to this. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want to talk to you about the only way you can redeem time, and the only way you can really get through these times that we are living is a funny thing. You start with a conclusion. Now, that violates everything we've ever been taught. Science says you work up. You look at empirical evidence to prove a conclusion. You start with the premise. Life in God and the new covenant and the way God invited us into something is actually to start with the end. 
and then work through it. You start with a conclusion. Listen, Ephesians 5.8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So Paul is saying here, you are a child of light. Starts with the conclusion, what God has done with you. You're not growing into likeness. You're not becoming the light. You're not learning about the light. You are a child of light. You're no longer darkness. It goes to the conclusion. You're no longer captured by darkness. You are light. And then after the conclusion, it says, so walk as children of light. Another way of saying is, be who you are. Be exactly who God made you to be. Now, in in these teachings and when we do this, many of us have been taught that God has said this and you're growing into it. That is not true. God has made you light. He has made you You're not learning to become righteous. God made you righteous. How? When you received Christ, his righteousness came in you. You now have in your union with him righteousness. Well, I have to learn to do right things to be righteous. No. You're a righteous person because that's who God made you to be. I go back and years ago, there, there was... An old prophetic guy, a guy around, he always had this saying, he said, good men do good things to receive a reward. A righteous man is righteous because that's who he is. Nothing that guy said could have been more true. I'm a righteous person because that's who I am in Christ. Not trying to do it, but I actually manifest God in me not because of me trying to turn the light on it's me because I am light I'm light you are light in the Lord you don't have to even pray Lord help me shine now there's nothing wrong with say Lord use me I understand all that I'm not putting that down but listen you're shining now You don't have to get others to recognize you. They recognize it. I recognize believers all the time. All the time in stores and stuff. I can tell you when the clerk is a believer. I can tell you by the way they act, the way they treat me, and the way they shine. Well, you have a gift of discernment. So do you. So does the world. Men love darkness more than light we think we're going to shine and be light and they'll love us for it no 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 it's not how it works light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not they don't like it i didn't like it before i was a believer my sister tried to witness to me blah 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 shut up somebody I loved and cared for. She helped raise me. 16 years older than I was. And that was my attitude. Because I didn't have the light in me. When I had the light in me, listen, before she died, I wanted to listen to everything she had to say. And found out that I was a product of prayer. 
Has she given hope up? She, she prayed for her brothers. So my sister got saved first in my family. We, I can remember a family meeting when I was eight or nine years old. They talked about her getting religion and that she was a holy roller. Well, she wasn't a holy roller. She was a Nazarene. She got saved through the Nazarene church who did not like all the holy roller stuff. But we didn't know that. So she got religion and she was a holy roller. And I mean, she went radical crazy. I don't blame her. She, her life needed change. She was an alcoholic. Her, her kids, she wasn't raising her kids right. Her life was a mess and she became light. So she prayed for years. God save my brothers. God save my brothers. God save my brothers. And her three brothers rejected her over and over and over again. And then finally, finally, after many years of praying, she said, Lord, if you just save one of them, I will be content and happy. She actually did a negotiation prayer. It didn't work. We all got saved in the end. But here's what she said to me just before she died. She said, and I never thought it'd be the worst one. Because <laughs> I was honoring and had rejected her. And, she, and I was the one that came to the Lord first of the boys. How precious is that light? And once I saw the light in her, I didn't want her to leave. Start from a conclusion. I want to read a couple of things to you that are written from other people about this. It's this. The issue of who you are is the final outcome, the conclusion over you, must get settled in your life, especially in the times that we currently find ourselves in. You have to settle this. Because it removes negotiations with God. The conclusion about your life is a starting point for all healthy and wise responses. Remember, we're talking about walking in wisdom. It keeps us from falling prey to the type of thinking and living of what John Piper calls the debtor's ethic. So he's, he's done a whole teaching on this. He has a whole chapter in a book about this, which is trying to live your life paying back Jesus for all that he's done for us. God's love was free, but I owed everything. It sounds really good, but it has a debtor's mentality to it. It sounds humble, but it's actually counterproductive to living in righteousness, peace, and joy, and the abundant life that God has designed for you and I. It actually works very differently. When we do this, we are always trying to achieve what God has already done for his children. Did you hear that? When you are trying to live that way, when you don't start with the conclusion, you are trying to get something that you already not even have, but that you are. I am this. I don't have to try to be this. I am. So we keep praying prayers and it's what gets you stuck. Paul talked about don't get stuck in the foundations. Go on. I, would, I would that I would give you strong meat, but this is the milk. The milk is this. I'm changed. When Christ came in, I, I changed in a moment of time. In the twinkling of an eye, I was changed. 
I once was this, I am now this. How does that happen? God. What the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ did. It says, he was ascended, he ascended for your justification. You are justified because he did this. Look at this, Ephesians 5 eight. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. When you see ifs in the word of God, do you see an invitation or a condition? Look at this one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you see this as conditional... You will always wrestle with it. Does my, is my life really displaying this? Am I really this? If you see it as an invitation from God, I have been invited to be a new creation. I am one with Christ. Changes everything. Everything moves when it comes to the conclusion old things are done away with. That's what I was. I once was darkness. Now I'm light. Changes. Everything changes. The difficulty is actually in our thinking. We've now been taught, all of us, listen, our education systems, we have been taught and trained to think and live conditionally. There is a method to it. There's a science to it. There's right principles in it. Um, but when it comes to Christ, it's not true. When we think that way, you do this. If I do this, then I will get that. How much of our lives and our faith and our circumstances are built around that? The, it, listen, it's on the TV, Christian TV channels again right now. I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but I heard one this past week, you know. Somebody has an encounter and then comes back and tells me that Jesus told him to tell me that these are the things I got to do and then God will answer my prayers. That's hogwash. It really sounds good and it gives you a whole lot of things to do. But it's not true. It's not true. Well, are you saying his experience wasn't valid? I don't know. It's not valid for me. That's what I do know. I am in Christ. I don't have to do seven things to get him to look at me. I don't have to do 12 steps in order for God to be okay so that he'll hear me so that he'll answer my prayers. That is not true. That's a conditional if. So this is what it sounds like. Again, I'm going to read you something from somebody else. It says, the problem with this comes as it always does when things fall apart. When we can't meet our end of the bargain, for every if you do, there's an if you don't. For every promise of reward, there's the threat of punishment, which is where anger and sadness and insecurity and fear rear their heads. Round and round and round it goes, but the underlying message is always the same. Accomplishment precedes acceptance. Achievement precedes approval. It's a horrible equation to live by. 
It's a conditional negotiated living with Jesus that you are trying to get the identity that's already yours. And and it, it runs you in circles. And when times get really hard, like they are, like it feels like they are right now, actually, listen, we have some incredible things happening. There's peace happening in the Middle East. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. There's never been a, this hasn't happened in a long, long time. It's mind blowing. There's incredible things happening in the earth. Great light is going on. But I'm being asked to do conditional things. This is what this person wrote. I'll tell you who it is when I get done saying it. So, Conditional negotiated living with Jesus is one of the most subtle yet devastating lies of legalism that we face. It stops us cold in our tracks from living life in freedom and genuine newness that Jesus brought. It causes us to live like referees over life over ourselves, and over the kingdom. It causes us to see our lack, prohibit joyful spirituality, and live with the results of a pessimistic older brother attitude that won't eat a fatted calf no matter who it's barbecued for. means we're just not satisfied. The worst form of legalism in religion is not that we try to live our lives by obeying the commandments in order to be good. It is that we live our lives in a continual negotiation with him over what we think he demands of us. That's the worst form of legalism because it binds your own heart and then when you try to shine that light on other people, guess what you're doing? You're taking your religion and your legalism, tying a nice bow around and say, here, let me share Jesus with you. You didn't share Jesus, you shared a negotiation. That's, (laughs) you know, and don't let, I know I'm mad at the church that they taught me that. Don't do that. No. Live in light. Live in the glorious light that God has brought you. Others will notice. See, the real issue is really it's with ourselves that we're doing this because God already knows that he won and he doesn't negotiate. We're being terrorists, if you will. God doesn't negotiate that way. God doesn't go, if you do these seven things and catch me at 2 a.m., sacrifice your sleep and do a little little repentance there over that, you get that, then I'm going to hear what you have to say. God is with us. He's with us. Yes, I can cry out at 2 a.m., but I can cry out at 2 in the afternoon. God's with me. It's really important right now because this is, this is what's going to, this is what's bubbling, what I'm hearing. So part of it is I read a couple of emails. That's, and so I see that stuff. And now, uh, 
you know, I'm, if you can remember, I'm that guy in the poem, the man who swallowed a bird, you know. My hands live in the air like swallows. And I feel so free that sometimes my heart flutters and I think I could go mad for joy. That's why getting attacked in the night makes me so angry. But it wants to drive me to a negotiation. I will not negotiate my freedom in Christ and neither should you. I don't have to negotiate that anymore. I am a child of light. So are you. So this issue, the if thing, here's with the word of God. Okay, you can put a scripture, Romans 3.28. Therefore, we conclude, this is the conclusion, that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Legalism wants you to negotiate. Conclusive thinking was designed by God to regulate our circumstantial living. You can see that in that scripture. So when you read that, you just ask yourself the question, when you hear that, do you hear it as a command or an invitation? It comes down to two things, two, two uh, figures of speech. Imperative, you guys are going to be learning this, imperative and indicative. Maybe you've already been taught some of that. You're going to be getting taught that if your mom or dad's a good English teacher. An imperative if, when, those kind of things, when they express, they can express a command um, rather than a statement or a question. So that means it is telling you, uh, if you eat sugar, it will affect your body. If you eat sugar, it is bad for you. Darn it. Then the command comes. So don't eat sugar. It's, it's, it's in the imperative. Because it has a result. And indicative is this. It serves to state a fact of something that can be proved or known. And we use a famous scripture that we all know. John 1 verse 9. If we confess our he is just and faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you see that in the imperative, then the opposite also means true. If you don't confess your sins, then you are unforgiven. So if you forgot something, guess what? You out of luck. Or if you didn't recognize that you sinned against somebody. If you didn't confess it, is it under the blood? Well, you kind of fudge on that tax statement there. And... But it's not. It's risen as an indicative. So the same indicative is this. Don't you know? This is John. You got to read all of 1 John and what, how he's writing to people. 
He writes to fathers and young men and children. I can see him doing this as an old man and coming up. I'm going to use his example. Chuck, buddy, don't you know when we confess our sins, God forgives us? It's an invitation to your heart to go, oh, man. He is constant. This doesn't change. I don't have to negotiate with him. Doesn't mean I have to confess every sin because actually there's no other place in the Word of God where it commands you to confess sin. It's it's not just under the blood. Matter of fact, it's not just covered. It's gone. Does he remove he took it and condemned it in his flesh as a human? God condemned sin in the flesh of Christ. Gone. Paid for. Done away with. So don't you know when you come in your weakness and try and negotiate, he goes, I love you, kid. That's not held against you. Let's talk. It opens this up. So do you see it as an imperative or an indicative? Now, think where we started. You are children of light. You're no longer darkness. It indicates something. This is what it indicates. If that's what you are, then you walk like you are. It indicates certain things in your life. You don't do the deeds of darkness. As a matter of fact, it says, man, don't even talk about them. God will give you light on it. You don't have to talk to anybody else about it. Just go, Lord, that's icky. Just tell tell me, stay away from icky stuff. It's dark. Ick. Just don't even mention it. Because you're a child of light. Now, shining you is an invitation to walk exactly in who we are. It's indicative of you. You don't have to get right. You are right. And if I am right then that's going to indicate something. If I am right, then I will walk right. I will walk in wisdom. I never had to be told that that was bad for me after I became a Christian. I'll say, oh, speak to my heart to keep me from doing that stuff, God. Sorry, kid. I, I knew the minute you say that prayer, you know it's not right. Do you know what I'm, are you tracking with me? Lord, keep me from that temptation. You know it's bad. Walk in light. You're negotiating. Come on. Give up your sins. This will make a couple people laugh, but the old Bob Newhart scenes where he's a psychologist and the person comes in to be told, you know, how to get their life right. He goes, oh, I can do that with two words. They go, what? Stop it. Stop it. Do Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? Just look at the reality. It didn't work. Don't negotiate with God. You're light. And whatever you do, the minute you start negotiating with your own soul over darkness, guess what the darkness does? Starts saying bad things to you about you. Darkness is not a friend. 
It's not fun to explore. It is not fun to explore. You will get burned. Walk as, that's this whole last part of John's walk. Therefore, walk as a children of light. It, it's, an invi- it's inviting you into something that indicates something about who you are. So what it does is it does the second part. It releases me now to walk in the authority of who I am. In current circumstances right now. Whether that's facing what you're facing. It can be, I know what some of you are facing in here. It's tough stuff. But I'm a child of light. I was meant to rise from the dead. I'm going to shine right now. And this is what it will look like. He says, hey... These things we already know because it's who we are. Don't get drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit instead. Just be filled with the Spirit. I'm not talking about you never have another drink in your life. I'm not a teetotaler. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't be drunk. Don't give up. To be drunk means to go, what's the point? Eat, drink, and be merry. It's all going to burn up. He says, don't do that. That's dissipation. That means it, it, it clouds it. It makes it go away. He says, speak to one another. This is, what, this is so important that we sing right now. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I listen to you guys sing and I start crying. Jacob hits one note and I melt. Micah, a 15-year-old girl, hits the drum one time. I go, yes. There's hope for the generations. Bang, yes. Because it's light. We speak that way to another. We're light, so that's how we talk to each other. I talk to you through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They're up there singing to us. Oh, God. It does something to the human soul. Giving thanks always to God. Giving thanks always to God, the Father, for all things. Go walk around your property. Go walk around your house, go walk around your car, go walk around your phone, go walk around, well, maybe you ought to cast that thing back in the darkness. (laughs) Go. (sighs) Giving thanks to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, your son, I thank you, God. You gave me the greatest gift that's an example for all the other gifts to line up with. All the stuff. It's not wrong to have stuff. It's not wrong to have stuff. It's not right to have stuff. It's not wrong to have stuff. Stuff is just stuff. And when some have more than others, bless them. That's how you know your heart's free. That's how you know you're in light. See, if you can bless, you see somebody else get blessed, if it makes you miserly in your heart, there's an, there's an issue of darkness there. Let light shine. I want everybody to be blessed. Everybody. I want me to be blessed. I like stuff. 
submitting to one another in the fear of God, where there should be the worship of God. Submitting to one another. I listen to you. I learn from you. I hear you because you're a child of light. I can learn from you. All I have to do is listen to you. You can shine with the same light I have, just as brightly as I do. You don't have to do it through my personality. You don't have to imitate me. Matter of fact, your parents would do... (laughs) You be you in light. And others will notice it. And we can learn. We can submit to each other. We can walk in that and go, yes, that's good. It's so good. That's why I like that small group on Sunday morning. It's so good because I can learn. I can hear what other, how their perceptions. Some I don't agree with. Now you're going to wonder who I agreed with this morning. <laughs> Aren't we funny? We're light. Children of light. Worship God as a child of light. Be who God made you to be. It's the most humble thing you'll ever do. Be who God made you to be. That's humility. Not more than that, not less than that. When corrections come to change some of that, that's probably him working on you because it wasn't working. Your light was getting refracted in a way that didn't help but blinded. So receive from him. Receive what he has to say. And grow in this and and submit one to another. Seeing that you walk circumspectly is not imperative. It's indicative. Get that from this. I want to read one scripture to you. It's this. It's in Romans 5, 17. It's a short one. We'll close with this. Because this, you were designed right now as a child of light to walk with great authority. Great authority. Listen to the authority that you have. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, it's talking about Jesus and him taking that sin into him, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. I reign, so do you. I'm not subject. I'm not subject to those other things. I'm not subject to the laws of darkness. I reign in light. I stand in light. I walk in light. I'm joined to light. I'm light. When I have that in me, darkness doesn't always comprehend it. But I tell you what, the light shines in a dark place. And others can begin to glimpse something. I have great authority. Most powerful scenes I ever saw was, was the movie Lincoln when he's arguing with them about that they can't get the, the 13th Amendment passed, and man, he slams his hand down on the, on the desk, and he speaks in his authority. He said, I am the President of the United States of America, filled with great power. 
And I say, we will do this. And boy, it's just like, man, if we prayed that way, I am a child of light and darkness will flee from us. I don't have to change the darkness. It'll get away. It doesn't like, remember, it doesn't like light. We're filled with great authority. You pray your prayers, and if you want to go after a couple people, I know you and God work that out. God, God loves everybody in the world. There's a few politicians I don't like right now. So my prayers are, get them, God. Just get them. Just get them. Flood them with light. Just get them, because I don't like anything they're saying or doing. I don't like them. But you love them. Get them. So shine your light into them that they are converted. We can't legally change things. Listen, years ago, Thomas Aquinas, he had this statement. He said this thing. Years and years ago, when the church was going through the Reformation, lots of fighting. The law cannot command all virtue nor condemn all vice. It's impossible. Let light shine. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and what? Say a little louder. Glorify your Father in heaven. That's what you were meant for. We can do this. I want to pray for us. Jesus, you have filled us with light. It's overflowing. It's abundant. We shine. I pray for every believer in this room that they would receive a new endorsement of their authority this week. A new understanding of it. A real endorsement. Sign the check, God. A real endorsement. That they would have no doubt in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.